funny the way God works sometimes with the choices of uh, songs before a message. Yeah. I was fine. All of a sudden, just certain things come flooding in. You ever been there? Amen. Amen. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. I haven't told a joke for two weeks. I'm not telling one tonight. I almost was going to tell you a joke that uh, Mike Viscom told me, but I don't think it's appropriate, so I won't do that. Amen. So far, we've been looking at this series about the Master out of Luke chapter 8. And this will be our fourth message. Okay, you know, as we told you when we began this, Jesus is the Lord of all. He's not just the Son of God. He is God the Son. All creation is because of Him. And... Uh, this is the, about the master, and uh, you know, the, we told you that the, the word can refer to the chief, commander, the teacher, the guide, the overseer, the ship's pilot, who's piloting the direction you go, the captain, and also the word Lord. And so many times, I can remember having a, a Jehovah Witness give me a hard time one time and saying, oh, yeah, Jesus is uh, the mighty God, but he's not almighty. And I said, uh, if you're that stupid, I won't tell you the verse that calls him Almighty. But I know you used to use a King James Bible, but you had to switch away from it because you could be, your religion could be proved wrong out of it. So we won't go there, but the thing with it is in Isaiah 9, 6, For unto, you a child is born, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we saw so far that he's the master of relationships. In Luke 16, 8, 16 through 21, he's the master of creation. Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Last week he was the master of the mind. And that was Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. So guess what verse we will start with tonight? Verse 41. Okay, so turn to Luke chapter 8 and verse 41. And behold, there came a man, Dryas, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come on, into his house. For he had w one only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she lay dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And, the woman having an issue, and a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came and behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood was staunched, staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? And when all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude thronged thee and pressed thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? See, they called him what? Master. And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. 
And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Go in peace. Now, of course, we could read farther on. You can see, but that'll be when I get back. Okay, so it'll be about two weeks before I will do the last one in this series. I believe it's the last one. Okay, and that'll be part of the end of this chapter. But as we see here, this woman, she came and said, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment. Okay, an issue of blood 12 years. Do you understand what that's like? The suffering that is? The problem that is? Okay. Turn to Mark chapter 5. It's a parallel passage. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Now look at the way Mark puts it. See, in all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And had suffered what? Many things. Or suffered many things of many physicians. And it spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard Jesus, heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt her body that she was healed of that plague. Jesus, immediately knowing himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? First time we went to India. Paul took us to a village. His father drove us, and it was that day. The first I got off the plane, he let us rest that night. The next day I preached four or five times. Village, 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 village. The last one, I never thought we were going to get off the end of the road. And it wasn't what you call a normal road. It was, it was a much more than a cow path into the jungle. And we came to this village of thatched roofs, huts. There was a church there, a thatched roof church. The pastor had put more into the sound system than he did into the church because he was right next door to one of the pagan temples there in India. And so what he would do is he'd blast his message at the temple. Okay? But we came there, and I got out of the car, and I'm a person of unusual size here. I'm not enormous. I'm not a giant. I'm not seven foot something. But to... Men who were five feet tall and women who sometimes are four foot six, they'd never seen anything like that. And all they wanted to do was come up and touch me. You know what I mean? And Paul kept saying, Preacher, no, you don't know what they have, okay? And I can still remember. They'd grab my hand and they'd put it on their head and they'd go, Namaste, and then they'd use their, the Hindu word for prayer. They want me to pray over them because they'd never seen a... And again, my hair was already turning white. I'm this great big person. They thought I was an angel. They don't know me very well. And they'd put my hand in the middle of their head 
and they'd want me to pray over them, and there'd be like 30 people lined up, and one would grab my arm and grab my arm, and they're grabbing Judy. And Paul's going, no, preacher, just get down and stay. You know, just, that was it, because after about the 15th person, the insects started coming out of their hair and started biting my hand as I was praying over them. And I, my hand was going to swell, wasn't it, honey? And I had to put stuff on that and keep dealing with that thing, and it's like, to me, every time I read this, Jesus is going, who touched my clothes? I couldn't keep track of who was going up and grabbing my hands. They're wanting something from somebody that they don't know truly, but they need it so badly they're willing to try. She had an issue of blood. She was hemorrhaging from her female parts. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? She suffered 12 years with that. 12 years of weakness. 12 years of dependence on other people. 12 years of rejection. 12 years of despair. 12 years of discouragement. 12 years of being extremely desperate. You say, how do you know that? She spent all her living on physicians, trying to go from one doctor to the next doctor to the next doctor. You know, I stop and think about, you know what they, they talk about, uh, what is the name, the normal name they give for a physician's business? It's his practice. Guess what they're doing on you? They're practicing. They were practicing on her and they only know so much. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have anything against doctors. Luke was a beloved physician. He was with Paul his whole ministry. Toward the end of Paul's life, he says, only Luke is with me, and he was a doctor. So I don't have a problem with that. You know, I, I'm not saying if you don't have, you're sick, don't go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying they tried everything, and they, didn't, they only know so much. Okay, verse 26, it says, And it suffered many things of many physicians, and it spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. Do you get the picture? This is a woman who is in despair. No strength, no help, no money, no hope. But there was this man named Jesus. No other place to turn to. I must seek Jesus. See in Mark 5, verse 27. And when she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She came, one. She came seeking, two. She came seeking. How many of us come because we think that's what we're supposed to do? He that cometh to God... The Bible tells us, must believe that he is and a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. See? Hebrews 11.6, but without faith, that's what this woman was demonstrating. She didn't know him. She'd heard of him. Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. She heard of him and she came seeking 
That's what prayer is all about. You're trying to get a hold of the face of God. The heart of God. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 say this. It says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. To him that knocketh, it shall be opened. This woman had tried every other way. Isn't that how we get sometimes in our Christian, Christian walk? We'll try every other way before we'll bring it to the Lord and put it at His feet. See, she would not be denied. What does it tell us in the, our opening text? Verse 45. We're going to go between Mark 5 and Luke 8. Okay. And when Jesus said, Who touched me when all denied Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude the throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? She wanted to touch his garment. Isn't that amazing? She wasn't asking for him to put his hand on her. She wasn't asking for any point of contact that Pentecostals use all the time. You know, they want to slay somebody in the spirit, so they hit him so hard in the forehead, they knock him flat. You laugh? I've seen it done. You know what Jesus says? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Isn't it neat? Look at verse 44 of our text, the opening text in Luke 8. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and then what's the, the next part of that sentence? And what? Immediately her issue of blood was staunched. Verse 29 of Mark chapter 5. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Do you know this incident has this this incident about this woman healed? It's provoked songs, hasn't it? Hasn't it? If I could just touch the hem of his garment. Okay, the lyrics and the songs that came out of it. It is brought about false teachings. Okay? Peculiarities. Like the point of contact. For I was saved growing up a good Roman Catholic, because we always went to church, we always went to confession, we always did what we were told to do, you know, up, down, bow, say these words, trying to be a good Catholic. And I can remember watching a movie, and I always thought after I learned about who he was when I got older, um, Richard Burton in the robe, and they would touch the robe and there'd be major healing, and he was nothing but a profligate, wicked whoremonger. But he played a good part. You know, he had the robe, and then they turn around. You know, there's people who, who would try to sell in the marketplace pieces of the Shroud of Turin. You know what that is? It's supposed to be the burial cloth that Jesus was wrapped in. They're going to sell pieces of it. They do that today. I'm, and we have at home, I don't worship it. Honest, true, I don't. But I have a piece of the carrier dome roof. It got sold in these places. 
my friend Bob's got a friend who was one of the men who worked on the new dome roof and all the way was done with that. He brought home about 10 yards of it. And he's asked your preacher, he likes SU, right? He asked, asked your neighbor, Bryant, does he want a piece of the dome before he has to pay for it? And I said, sure. So I got a piece of the dome with an article on the, when they won the, the, the championship in 2003. You know, people do this, but they want to buy something. You run into these things, and they try to make it something special. You know, I can remember in some of the magazines, you know, for just $49.95, you could get a little necklace with some of the water of the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on the water. She was healed. She touched his garment. Isn't it interesting? Jesus knew he'd been touched. I won't read it again. We've read it a couple times. He knew he'd been touched. It didn't say she touched his body. She touched his clothes. He was wearing robes. You know what that made me think of immediately? For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. She'd been through it in the world, hadn't she? She had no other place to turn to and in simple faith because she'd heard of him. Does it say that she knew he was God? The disciples know he was God yet. Think about it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For 2,000 plus years, people have been heartened by the account of this woman who learned to seek Jesus. He's the master of the body. He can heal at any moment. Do you know that healing is part of the atonement? It is. You just don't always get it at this time. I joke different times uh, with my wife. We talk about when the rapture takes place. I'd I'd like to be in my house or near the woods or someplace because if I'm in the city and I go up, some people are going to die from the metal that's going to fall. I got screws and plates in my spine. I have an artificial knee joint. I have artificial this. I have, my shoulders been reconstructed. And some of that, can, you can be dangerous. What if they didn't, you know, in, in a moment of twinkling an eye, I go up and some of them hang on. So we get up at about uh, maybe 500 feet and all of a sudden they drop down. That person's going to go right into hell. If they were saved, they'd be doing what? Going up with me, Okay. You say, why do you say this? Because, guess what? The things that you put value in today, the material things, you know what they're going to do? They're going to burn. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to read a passage there, but I want you to remember, after she had been healed, in Luke chapter 8, verse forty. Um, let me, verse 48 said, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. What? Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. You know what we lose sight of so many times? 
What know ye not? This is verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 6. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not what? I was having a conversation with my son-in-law, Jake. He just preached in his church this past Sunday. I've, got to, I've started listening to his message. I've got to finish listening to it. He was preaching out of Jacob wrestling with God. And we got talking about this thing, you know, it's like Jacob had his thigh hollowed out. He limped the rest of his life after meeting with God because he wouldn't let go. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you which ye have of God and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. He's working on another message. He's also working on his classes because he's in seminary. They're putting, you know, his church is helping him stuff with that. And they, he asked me some questions today on the phone. And the idea of if they had slaves in the Old Testament, so we were talking about the Jewish rules for servants, bond servants, compared to the New Testament where slavery is not there. They were still in servitude, but their slavery was not the same. It's always the same in pagan countries and pagan religions, isn't it? But it's not in Christianity. Man's bondservant is the Lord's free man. So we're having a good conversation this afternoon. And I say this because your body is not yours. Your body, my body, are his. He's the master. You know what we need to do? We need to accept that he is going to be the answer. So we need to seek him and then accept his will for us. I prayed when God started dealing with me about ministering to people. Lord, help me to minister to know how hurting people feel so I can encourage them in the things of Christ. He took me at my word. Okay? To the point that some of you don't want your children riding in the same car that I ride in. <laughs> Sam Gipp lives in extreme pain every day of his life. And he's asked the Lord, are you going to change what you got me doing, Lord? Because I don't know if I can keep doing this. And God says, I gave you marching orders. Hands burning, shoulders burning constant migraine headaches when he's trying to preach and still preaching still serving the lord he's got a book okay on dealing with pain i have it in my office it helped phyllis demris get through her cancer pain that's why she named her pain freddie it was freddie she says freddie's that friend you wish you didn't have but they're very, very faithful in being with you all the time. Listen to the Apostle Paul's testimony. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. We have a missionary whose granddaughter He's got a death sentence. See what that means? The struggle that she has, it's the quality of time that they have with her, not the quantity. 
You know what? That's all any of us have. Really, that's all any of us have. You're not promised tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. If you're here and you're not saved, you're not ready. But if you are saved, your life is in his hands. The Apostle Paul's testimony. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory, I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. Paul's talking about himself. He went to paradise, because that's where paradise is now, okay? And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise. And heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one I will glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, people believe that when Paul was stoned, that's when that happened for him. Do you realize that? I, to me it makes sense, because the guy gets stoned to the point of they leave him with a pile of rocks around him for dead. They leave, he gets up. What does he do? He goes into the city, and the next day he's doing what? Preaching. Throw him at me again. I shall not be a fool, I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think me above that which he seeth me to be, or he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh physical attack the messenger of satan it was a physical attack manifested by a spiritual being to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing i besought the lord thrice three times that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly therefore will i rather glory in my infirmities that the power of christ may rest upon me therefore i take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for christ's sake for when i am weak then i am strong that's his testimony all your anxiety all your cares come to the what and do what with them? Things weighing heavy on you? Seek Jesus. He's the master of the body. Surrender your will to His will. Surrender your way to His way. Because He's the master of the body. And all God's people said, Good night and God bless.